I want to talk to you about the, the blood of the new identity, part three, because this is super important, because all of us inside our head are always asking this question, who am I? How am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Where am I in life? It's like a constant, you know, checkup in our mind. And so we can only answer that question by really embracing who Jesus makes us. And sometimes it feels almost dishonest, you know, like, man, that's not really me. I'm really, you know, not this person that God says I am. But you have to begin to step into faith to believe what God says. <clears throat> now, in, in the book of uh, Genesis, we found out the first sign of the fall of man was a crisis in their self-image, right? They suddenly knew they were naked and they covered themselves. They felt bad about themselves for the, they felt embarrassed for the first time ever. It was the first sign of the fall. And when you give your life to Christ and Jesus begins to manifest in you, it's important that you begin to lose sight of who you are and who you were, and you begin to come into this new identity in Christ. That's what Jesus said. If any man follows me, let him forget himself, lose touch with himself, and follow me. Some people are still totally in touch with, or at least trying to find out who they are still. And the world is like that. They're an identity crisis. That's why you, because of who Jesus is in you, that's why you get to be the leader because you know who you are. The person who knows who they are, that's the person who's leading. Insecure people should not be leaders. The person who's truly secure in who they are, they inspire other people to follow them. And that's why God gave us this great gift of the confidence of who you are in Christ. <clears throat> All you young men, how many want to get married? Young men want to get married, wave your hand. There's one right here, okay. Only one great young man wants to be married. But, uh, uh, you know, the secret, some people think it's a haircut or something like that or trying to be cool. The way you attract girls is confidence. If you're insecure, ain't nobody going to be around you. It really, I think looks have something to do with things. But when you get to know someone, it's no longer what they look like that is the issue. It's how they feel about themselves. And if they're a clingy, insecure person, they're going to constantly, you're going to want to get away from that person. The people you want to be around is people that have what you want. Most people want to be secure, so they are attracted to secure people. They want to be influenced and around secure people. So the issue with success in business and life Success in marriage and in romance, success in ministry and every other thing that you put your hand to do has to do with how you feel about yourself. People know. Kids know. Animals know how you feel. If you're scared, a horse knows it. They will. Have you ever tried to fool a horse like you're scared on the inside, but like, oh, I'm not freaking out. I'm good. <laughs> but you know the horse is like, oh, are you scared, man? Because people can really tell who you are, uh, not the front that you're trying to project. They pick up what's behind there. And there's no real hiding the lack of confidence. There's no really hiding insecurity. And with this generation, insecurity is a plague. That's why uh, suicide is up 70% among young people, 70%. It's because they're always on that phone comparing themselves to other people's bodies and personalities and the lives that they're projecting, you know, on, on Facebook, on social media, social media, everybody's having a great life. And they're thinking, man, my life is horrible compared to these guys. And then you got rock and rollers spewing out all these, and, and uh, you know, uh, popular musicians spewing out this glorious lifestyle of sin and debauchery, not mentioning that they're going to end up feeling like death when it's all over. 
when the party's over, they're not going to be no closer to who they are than when the party began. So they don't care about how it ends up. So you got the popular media and all these people projecting this image of you need to wear this clothes, look like this, be like this. What it creates is, you know, all of us are a little weird. Come on, somebody. And when you look in the mirror, you're, you're not perfect. And God, for God, imperfect is perfect. So he made you imperfect because that's perfect for you. So that you would understand that you, you can't change the world by being beautiful or smart. You can only change the world by being something special on the inside. And every young person, you can become something special on the inside. They will tell you to compare yourself to every other person. But when you become something, look, everybody knows, I said a few weeks ago, an original is worth far more than an imitation. An original Picasso is worth a million times more. I can get a, a, a fake Picasso for a dollar. It's going to cost me millions to get an original. God made you an original. You're supposed to look the way you look. You're supposed to have that personality. You're supposed to have those eyes. You're supposed to be the way you are. God made you for your purpose, and you should look in the mirror and say, I am who he says I am. Uh, are y'all with me? You should, but the world won't allow it. And sin and the nature of sin is to make people feel far from God, hiding in the bushes, covering up, and embarrassed about who they are. See, if you don't know who you stand for, you fall for anything. If you don't know who you are, then you follow anybody. You don't even care where they're going. Your favorite rock star, look where they're headed. They're about to go over the edge. You're following them. You're listening to their dumb poetry. And they're leading you over the edge. See, when you're blind, you don't even care if you're going over the edge. You'll just self-destruct because inside you don't have something to live for. But when you know who you are, you know you were born with a divine purpose. You know that you were you're born with a divine uh, destiny. And nothing is going to be worth giving that destiny up for. Now, a sermon. <laughs> That's true. Listen, if you can solve this problem of who you are on the inside, every, a lot of what you're dealing with will go with it. A lot of the hurt, a lot of the getting hurt feelings all the time, a lot of the depression, a lot of the stuff that people deal with, it's rooted in a single thing. You don't like who you are or you don't know who you are, and you're constantly on a yo-yo. It's wearing you out. And then people just want to feel better. You know, they want to drink something or take something or do something that makes them feel better. Listen, you need to start feeling good from the inside out. Say, I am who he says I am. Look at somebody say, I only need God's approval to feel good about myself. Come on, prophesy with me. Say, I do feel good about myself. God alone determines my feelings, my worth, and my identity. Now, you can settle it right there. Don't ask anybody else to tell you who you are. Don't let anybody's cheering or booing make you who you are. You decide that I am before one God, and he's the one that I'm pleasing with my life, and he loves me, and he believes in me. Therefore, I feel good about myself. Tell somebody I feel great about myself. Say I've messed up a little bit, but I'm on my way to becoming exactly what I was born to be. See, you are who you are becoming, and you are becoming who you are. It is a, it's kind of a, a riddle, but it is true. Jesus calls you something you're not yet, and he keeps calling it you that till you become that. The Bible says 
walk as children of light. He says, because you're children of light, walk like it. He doesn't say, if you walk like it, you'll get to become children of light. He says, because you're a child of light, act like it. That's what it says in the book of Ephesians. So start believing who you are, then start acting like who you are. Some people say, well, when I start living it, brother, then I'll be it. No, you're never going to be it. You have to start believing it, then you get to be it. Look, you got to just start saying, this is who God made me. This is who I am. This is what faith is. Our covenant is not trying to do better and be better. Our covenant is to come to God with faith, and God brings supernatural grace to change us. If you have Matthew uh, 16, 13, I love this story. Some of you know it extremely well. But when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Stop right there. Isn't it? He's about to do a teaching on self-image, a powerful teaching on self-image. And he begins by sounding like he's insecure. And you'd say, like, what are people saying about me? Except for the last part of the sentence, he says, who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? He's like, don't think I don't know who I am. I know who I am. I'm just opening up the subject in a creative way to say, you're so worried about what other people think. Let me tell you how to deal with that. So what do other people say I, the Son of Man, am? Now you ask yourself a question, was Jesus, did Jesus struggle with his self-image? Well, I'm going to tell you, if you were born, you know, like to a, a family, and your dad wasn't you're really your dad, and you begin to feel all these weird feelings that you're the son of God and that you start having all these powers stuff. And then suddenly you are, God tells you, now go tell everybody you're the Messiah everyone's been waiting for. Man, it takes a lot of guts to come into that identity. You're growing up like a normal person and suddenly you're just following the Holy Spirit and he keeps telling you, you're the Messiah, you're the Messiah. You're like, come on, man, seriously? I want to be a regular person. And he's like, nope, you're the Messiah. You're going to do this thing. It's going to be awesome. You're going to go to the cross and save the world. Man, Jesus had to conquer that because he had to walk like you and me. The Bible says he was tempted like you and I are, yet without sin. In other words, he was tempted to give up and say, this is not me. So when he got tempted by the devil, what did the devil say? If you're the son of God, do this. Turn this bread into stone. Turn this stone into bread. If you're the son of God, jump off the pinnacle. So his entire temptation, when Satan tried to stop Jesus, his attack was not the flesh, a woman, or some other thing. He was fasted 40 days, and the only thing that, that the enemy was after was, you said you're the son of God, but you're not sure, are you? So if you're the son of God, prove it. Everything was about his identity, wasn't it? Because the enemy knows if he can get your identity, he has your purpose. If he can take your identity, he will destroy your purpose. I'll say it again. If the enemy can take your identity, he will destroy your purpose. So he's not just saying, hey, man, go for the girl, go for the this, go for the that. He's after your identity. And when you become a man of the flesh, you can never become the man of the spirit until you go to the cross. It's true. It's true. It's a simple, simple thing from the beginning the enemy hates that you're the child of God. He hates that you have authority over him. He hates that you have divine purpose. But he knows your weakness is in your insecurity because you are a fallen man and the fall was insecurity. 
in the fall came this sense of, I don't feel great about myself. I don't like myself. I'm not right. I'm going to just do stupid stuff. That's in the fall of man. And the enemy knows it's your weak point. And so he knows when you forget who you are, he will steal your destiny. You're no threat. You've been nullified the moment that you forget who you are. So this is the battleground. So he said, who do, keep, keep saying, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Keep reading. They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Now, isn't that a trap, comparing yourself to other people? Jesus exposes people are the ones that say, you ought to be like this girl, this model, or this musician, or this, you know, athlete. Or this, you know, look how she keeps her house, and look how nice their car is. Suddenly, you start shrinking. Am I right? You start comparing yourself. Like, you thought you had a good life until you saw other people like, dang, I'm zero. You were happy until you realized you were nothing compared to them. And they, people compare you. See, you will either get your identity directly from God or the world will identify you as not very much. You ought to give God a better shout than that. Is it true? Either you, either you will be who God says you are or the world will give you a label. You're like Elijah. You're like your cousin John the Baptist. You're like somebody. And they will put you in a mold and say, you stay in that mold. You know, you know how black people are. You know how Latin people are. You know how white people are. And they will put you in a stereotype, and they will limit your life to their stereotype. And if you believe their stereotype, you get to be their stereotype. You get to be the white guy or the black guy or the sad woman or the divorced wife. You get to have whatever title they give you. If you get your identity from them, they're about to bring you down. They're about to compare you to somebody who's faster, stronger, more beautiful, more talented, and you're going to find out that you don't measure up when you get your identity from the world. I love this question, the next verse. Jesus said, he gets to the heart of it. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Ah. I love this guy, Simon Peter. Keep reading. Simon Peter answered, I know, I know, I know. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Man, this is the issue. He hit the nail on the head. Ding, ding, ding. He hit the nail on the head like, hey, no, I know who you are. You're the son of the living God. Now, next verse. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father, which is in heaven. Keep reading. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Do you see what just happened? If you know who he is, then you will discover who you are. Which is my first of four quick points. Four principles, new identity. Number one, your true identity is hidden in him. Your true identity is hidden in him. When you know who he is, you will discover who you are. Let me give you the negative of that. The further you are from him, the further you are from knowing who you are. 
the further you are from him. Isn't it true? When you start sliding back, you're not reading your Bible, you hang with your friends, you start completely giving in to whatever thing you give into. And whenever you start doing that, you start feeling not only do you lose, lose your relationship with God, but you start forgetting who you were. You start losing your hole. You lost your compass. You're in the woods without a compass because no longer do you know true north anymore because your behavior has now betrayed your identity. So the first issue is understand this principle. The closer you can get to him, the closer you're going to be to knowing who you are. And it's not going to change because Hollywood says it's different. It's always going to be this way. The closer that you get to him, the closer you're going to be to knowing who you are. The further you are, the more insecure you will always be. I don't care all the money in the world, all the power in the world, all the beauty in the world. You'll never know who you are because he hid you in him. He hid your true identity in knowing him, and you'll never have it outside of him. You can have everything else, possibly, but you can't have that. Second point is this. Your nature contradicts your identity. Your nature why did God have to change Peter's name? Last week we talked about changing Abraham's name. Why did Peter's name have to be changed? His name was Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah. Jonah's kid, Simon. The name Simon means a reed blowing in the wind, just going, listen to me, get what I'm saying, just going with the flow. If you're around Christians, <laughs> yes, amen and amen, brother. That's a country Christian. <laughs> and if you're, if, you're, if you're around the lost world, you're like, yeah, man, yeah. Whatever. So you got, a, you got this two personality. You go, you go with the flow. If you're around your friends at school, you're like, cool you. And you're around church friends, like, I'm just kind of quiet. I don't, you know, you're around your friends. You're around your friends, you got, you got your groove on, and you're, you're one you. Then you get at church like, I'm, I'm just not like expressive. I don't like to lift my hands. I'm just kind of a quiet. Oh, you quiet in church? You get around the party, you're the party animal. Hold up, hold up. It seems like you're going back and forth. You don't know who you are. That sounds like from Simba, isn't it? That's from the Lion King. I have Simba in church with us today. What did that monkey say? Your problem is you don't know who you are. And that's, who most, that's most people's problem. You're just whoever everybody else wants you to be. If they want you to be party guy, you're the party guy. If they want you to be rebellious guy, you're the rebellious girl. If they want you to be worship person, you're worship person. you got to make up your mind who you are. And that comes from knowing him. Now listen, your nature, your nature contradicts your identity. The name Simon is reed blowing the wind. And, and Jesus said, let me tell you who you really are. You're, you're Peter. The name Peter is the word Petra, which means rock. He said, the name that you, the world calls you is like your nature. But I'm going to give you your spiritual name. Here's what your spiritual name, you're a rock and you're going to change the world. Dude, God believes in you. I mean, God believes in you. God saw it before you saw it. God knew it before you knew it. God knew who you were. He's the one who has the right to name you. He's your father. He's the one who gets, I'll tell you who you are. You're a rock, 
and you're going to change the world. And I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you lock up is locked up. And whatever you loose is going to be loose. That's who you are. Don't listen to what anybody else says. I don't even care that your nature is this way. And we know Peter is always up and down. He's always getting excited. He's always going for it. But you know what? God said, you know what? You're going to be a rock. That's the kind of rock I like. I like a person who used to be a mess. I like a person who used to couldn't control themselves. And suddenly they had an encounter and a revelation who Jesus is. And now they become someone totally different. Your nature contradicts your identity. Remember, as long as you're in your own nature, you're going to be the opposite of your purpose. You're going to do the opposite. You will undermine your purpose. If you're just you, I'm just trying to be me. You gotta be a lot better than you. You gotta be God's version of you. You gotta be who God says you are. Say it with me, say I am who He says I am. Don't use your logic to identify yourself. Don't use your circumstances or what happened to you or how much money you have. None of that is gonna determine who you are. You make your mind up who you are by who you know. Peter said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, That's it right there. God showed you that. And the moment you know that, your name changed. You went from reed blowing in the wind to rock cannot be moved. Everyone in Christ must go through a name change. We come into Christ and our spirit is changed, but our mind is not renewed. We don't exactly know who we are yet. And so we enter this conflict of being tempted to be our old self, but knowing that we're somebody else on the inside. And we, we go into this wrestling match, don't we? Jacob was changed through a wrestling match. His name became Israel. Jacob, the name Jacob means uh, cheater, supplanter, and sneaky thief. Sorry if your name's Jacob. You're the redeemed version of that name. Because there's a lot of great Jacobs in the world. But this guy here, his name meant cheater because he tried to take over. He's a twin. He tried to take the birthright from his brother because he was born second. So his whole life, he was always trying to steal his brothers. His, he, his nature was marked being a sneaky, like, uh, you know, let's make a deal. Let's, let's do a thing, you know, let's work around it. We can get a, that's just one of those sleazy guys. And he was a mama's boy on top of that. And he became Israel, which means prince with God. Which means one that had a, a tangle with God and won. One that got into a conflict with God and won his new identity, Israel. One that went through the change. That's you today, whoever you are. If your name Jacob, don't get under condemnation. My name's Bray, which is the loud sound a donkey makes. Who wants to be a preacher and a singer who's named Bray anyway? But I went ahead and named my son that and my grandson. Say, hey, it was good enough for me. It's like a boy named Sue. It was good enough for me. <laughs> you have it. <laughs> because it's what's in the spirit that counts. Genesis 32, 24, I'm finishing. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, don't you love that? When, when, when a man, when the God, this is just as Jesus, as a matter of fact. When he saw he couldn't stop him, when he saw that he wasn't going to quit, all night, God is not making change easy, because if change is easy, you'll change right back the next day. God makes sure you value the change when you get it. When suddenly you don't want to do those drugs anymore. He don't want you hanging around people who do. 
when you get away from the things you used to get away from, finally you're out. God doesn't want you looking back and saying, that was pretty good. God wants to make it cost something so it's worth something. Changing is not something that's super easy because God wants you to understand it cost the blood of Jesus and it tested who you are. Anybody goes along with the crowd. But this guy said, you know what? I might be a sneaky surplanter, cheater. I might be that, but you know what? This is my moment to get a hold of God and I'm not going to let it pass. And now I got, I got a hold of God. This is, going, this is going down. God said, let me go. He said, I ain't let you go. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and, as he wrestled with the man. Now listen, if you're wrestling and your hip is out of joint, you're no longer wrestling, you're just holding on. Come on, somebody. Am I right? This is a wrestler right here. If your hip is bad, you don't wrestle. You just, how many ever come to the point where you gave up fighting, now you're just holding on to God? Like, I, I'm not fighting, I'm just holding on now. Jesus, don't let me fall. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. And Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now that's the sound of a person that's about to change. Not, well, if God doesn't do it, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's the sound of a coward. This guy said, I'm not going to let you go. I know you keep wanting to say, let you stay how you are. I don't want to stay how I am. I'm going to change. I will not let you go unless you bless me. And then the man being Jesus said, what's your name? He said, I've always been called Jacob. Make a deal. Make a deal with God. Get around it. Jacob he answered and the man said your name will no longer be Jacob but Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome a, a, a change of name is a wrestling match with God a change, to change your name you must face this rec, wrestling match with the carnal side of yourself and you must conquer. Let me finish by saying this. I'll get to number three for sure. No, I'm not. I'm going to finish right now. That's good enough. I'll give you the other ones next week. Because you already said enough. You got to be willing to engage and say, look, I'm, look changing your name is not for the timid or the cowardly or the quitter. Changing your name is for the courageous and for those who won't give up, those who won't give in, those who keep getting back up and say, I might have been knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. I'm still here. I'm going to still go on. I'm going to still become what Jesus said I could be. I may not have done perfect, but I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm going to finish this race. God values the tenacious. He said, listen, I, I might not be as pretty or as strong or as smart as them, but I won't quit. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I won't quit. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep reading the word. I'm going to keep praying until I get my identity. I'm, I am a prince on the inside. I might be a joker on the outside, but I'm a prince on the inside, and I'm going to have my change. Now listen, it comes down to this. 
your flesh, if you're not willing to give up the overdoing whatever you overdo, imaginations, sexual things, uh, bitterness, depression, anger, if not willing to give up the fight with people, if you're not willing to give up your excuses for where you are, if you're not willing to give that up, you can't get your new name. Your new name costs you something. And I want to finish this thought. I'm not going to read it. I was, but I'll just put it like this. We'll read it next week. When God changed Abram's name to Abraham, the next thing he said was, and this is the sign of the covenant, all your children and yourself are going to be circumcised. Now, circumcised, he said, this is the mark of the covenant. All those who have entered into our new identity have had the flesh cut away. The mark of those who are going to have their destiny are not those who say, you know what, God loves me just the way that I am. It's true, he does love you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. This is not a question of does, does God love you. This is a question, do you love God? God is already who he is. He's already awesome. We're about to find out if you're going to be awesome. You don't have to be so awesome that you're so strong that you give up everything. But listen, what would you be willing to give up to become who you are? Well, that little, that little habit, that little thing that you go to to feel good, that little thing that you do, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, what would you be willing to give up to say, I would give this up if I could have my true identity. Your identity is going to cost you something. When you know who Jesus is, you're going to find out there's a moment, there's a crisis moment where God says, okay, you want to be it? It's going to cost. Pay up now. You say, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. Have you seen the story of Peter? Did you know that this guy who was the rock, when it came right down to it, he betrayed Jesus? When it came right down to it, to become the rock, he had to face his weakness and say, that's got to go. The Bible says after Peter denied Jesus three times and said, I don't even know him. This was a cutting. This was a cutting away. He said, I can't no longer be the man of flesh trying to pretend to be the man of the spirit. And the Bible says after he denied Jesus the, the crow, the, the cock crowed three times. And he remembered, the Bible says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. You know, Peter was never the same. He had to go through the cutting. A point where he said, you know what? Okay. Jesus said I was a rock, but I'm an idiot. And he had to go through that dark night of the cutting away of the flesh. But Peter was never the same again. Jesus, when he saw the disciples on the, on the seashore, he said, uh, well, actually, before they were on the seashore, he said, tell my disciples and Peter that I'm risen. And when he met him on the shore after he had risen from the dead, he said, Peter, do you love me? He said it three times. He said, you know what? Even though you blew it, I'm not giving up on you. But you got to hold on through the night. You got to hold on through the night. You got to not give up. You got to not let go. You got to not compromise. You have to say, I am going to be what he says I am. I am going to be who he says I am. I'm not looking for a reason to quit. I'm not looking for a reason to give up. I'm not looking for a reason to compromise. I'm going to be who Jesus says I am. I am the rock. Even if I don't feel like I'm the rock, I'm becoming who I am. And I am who I'm becoming.
Come on, stand up with me. And lift your hands to Jesus because for you, this is everything. This is the battle. Are you going to hold on and become who Jesus called you to be? Or are you going to surrender and say it's too hard? Can't do it. Are you willing to trade those things that bring you into confusion for the things that bring you into clarity? What would you give in exchange for your divine purpose? What would you sell out for? If you have a price, the enemy's going to pay it. If it's a girl, he's going to pay it. If it's a drug, he's going to pay it. Whatever it is, if it's money, he's going to pay it. If you have a price, the enemy's going to pay it. If it's bitterness, hurt, whatever you've been through, what people did to you, if that's your price for walking out, then the enemy's going to pay that price. But if you have this in your soul, this one thing in your soul that says, I am not my own. I was bought with the price, with the precious blood of Jesus, and I'm going to become who he says I am. You'll conquer. Come on, listen to me, and I'm finishing. I know I'm a couple minutes late, but I'm finishing. Get this in your spirit. With Abraham... These men didn't circumcise themselves, thank God, or nobody would have been circumcised. Because ain't nobody going to say, well, here's a knife, bro. Good luck. They had the priests, they just presented themselves. They said, all right, I'll just do it, just do what you have to do. There wasn't anything fun about it. And there's not something you did for yourself. You just presented yourself. And that's where change comes from. The real name change comes from those who present themselves and say, you know what? I can't change myself, but I'm pre- here I am. Do what you got to do. I'm not, I'm not making any excuses. I'm not holding any, anything back. Just do what you got to do. The circumcision actually was performed by the priest. God, Jesus is the priest. He's the one who performs the cutting away of the flesh. All we can do is yield ourselves and say, hey, look, if this is what it means to be a covenant person, just do what you got to do. If you don't mind, just lift your hands to Jesus, and we're going to just have a covenant prayer. To be who you are, you got to know him, and to know him, you've got to go to the cross. To be who Jesus called you to be, you've got to make the sacrifice and say, I don't care what it costs, I'm going to the cross. And with your hands lifted, just like you're on the cross, you say, Jesus, say it with me, say, Jesus, more than I want to live, I want to be who you call me to be. I want to be who you say I am. More than I want to live, I would give up anything. I would surrender anything. I make up my mind. Like Jacob, I'm not letting go. I'll go through the night of wrestling. I want my new name. I want to learn how to walk in the Holy Spirit. I want to reach my potential. So I'm offering myself, and I pray this simple prayer. Do what you got to do. Just do what you cut away what you have to cut away. I'm not running. I'm not avoiding it. I'm not making excuses. I'm saying, Lord, do what you have to do. I come to the cross. 
take away whatever needs to go. I'm yielding it to you. Now take it, Lord. Take it from me. Now the word is this. Use this strong word. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I renounce the flesh and anything that's keeping me from being who you want me to be. I renounce the devil. I renounce the darkness and the demonic influence in my life. I renounce it in Jesus' name. And I repent and I change the way I think. Those wrong things are not helping me. Those wrong things are still in my identity. They're still in my purpose. They're still in my joy. They're still in my potential. I repent. I will no longer see what the enemy offers as good. I will recognize that my identity is in you. Come on with your hands lifted. Say, Jesus, I receive. I am who you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. I can be who you say I can be. I receive Holy Spirit grace, Holy Spirit strength, Holy Spirit courage to stand through the night until my name is truly changed. And I declare I am who God says I am. I am who I am becoming. And I'm becoming who I am. In the name above all names, in the name of Jesus, I declare over my life, over my home, over my job, over my children, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said come on give God a shout everybody Woo! well hug somebody tell them you are who he says you are